The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! It's a little bit luck, it's a little bit hard work, it's a little bit of everything, but I just don't do anything that makes me go up. And that's been something that's been the case for a very long time. But even before that was like the 100% case, it was just so frustrating because like I would get a really long time and then have a relapse. Like meth is really difficult and it's very addicting. And I would get like six months or like 10 months or like a year and then have a relapse. And it would just be this like bone crushing, like devastating experience. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show. That clip was from our guest of the show, Jonathan Van Ness, also known as JVN. And today we got a great show for you. Who is Jonathan Van Ness? Many of you guys, I mean, he needs no introduction. But for those that are unfamiliar, JVN is an American hairstylist, podcast host, and television personality. He is best known as the grooming expert on Netflix series Queer Eye for his work on the web series Parody, Gay of Thrones, and for hosting Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness podcast. And like I said, Lauren and I had a ton of fun talking with him shooting the shit just covering a lot of ground as usual so with that guys this is a long episode i'm going to keep it short and simple welcome jvn to the skinny confidential him and her show this is the skinny confidential him and her but can we talk about the brow the makeup the slick back hair no you look amazing hold on first of all i have not washed my hair are you guys ready for this Late on us. Two weeks. Good for you. Two? Are we getting a little bit of itchies? It's it, there's so much fucking going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I get a little a bit of itchies. And also, like I, everyone's like, "Oh, how'd you get that ba- bun? You use the grease." Yeah, I love that. The sebum. Can I, now let's talk about this pre-washed scalp oil by JVN here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I even just tell you how good, how much you're gonna love this? Go for it. So you just like put it all over your scalp before you wash. Okay. And so it's a pre-wash scalp oil, right? Okay. So now there's turmeric in this, and that's gonna help to kind of like decongest and clarify your hair follicles on a kind of having all that like sebum and dry shampoo and like probably product in there from slicking it back. So that's fierce. Then there's also bezambalol, which is an extract of chamomile, which is powerfully anti-breakage. So it'll help make your hair like much like more resistant to breakage instantly. So it's like instantly makes your hair stronger and it's really good for your scalp. Very calming, clarifying for the scalp. You, you'll just really like it. Okay, so I put a few drops on this disgusting situation and then wash my hair. Yeah, I like to do more than a few drops. Like I fill up this like whole thing, you know, like pretty full. Okay. Like, you know, I like fill, you know, fill. Okay. You do have good hair. I would, trust, you. I would, yeah. I would trust your hair, Rex. Well, yeah, all over yeah. your part. Just put it all over your part, like in sections, you know, and then you just like massage it, put it up on top of your head, let it sit for 15 minutes, and then you wash it out. Yeah, have you ever done a hair mask like that? I feel like you should. No, you know what? I've just, I'll take my hat off. Oh, he's going to show his hair off. He wants to show you his hair. Oh, let's see. So pretty. He wants. No, I've been getting grays lately. You see? In the front. I love that. I have a lot of grays too. But what? It just started happening like a lot. That's okay. That happens. That's hot. That's hot and pepper. We love that. We're obsessed. Yeah. You have a couple of uh, grays on your pubes too. No, no, no. That's what. That that hasn't happened yet. You keep saying that. Yes, it has. She has a much closer view. Yeah, she has a closer view. I can see Listen, what we just have. we just met, and if I have to do that, if I pull those out, show too? it out. Okay, but here's the thing, I it. I was getting my hair Oh yeah, cut. you really can see them. Yeah, right I was there. getting yeah, my hair cut the other day. <laughs> Not your pubes. Just yeah. the, just so you guys know. Just <laughs> yeah. the my, hairline. My pubes are on the table right now for those that are listening. Can you imagine? Oh. Hold on. I love how we have Jonathan on the podcast and you take your hat off to show him your hair. Yeah, of course. Don't judge. 
That oh. hair looks gorgeous. Oh. It was a gorgeous reveal. Do you think I'm not going to show my hair to him? I know what I'm surprised. Think- no, I was no, I was like I was obsessed with the reveal because there was like a full shakeout. Like I yeah. felt like it was like fully. You were giving me like a, a herbal essence. Or I don't something. have yes. a lot of strengths. So I got it was to, actually I more like giving me like cis hat man <laughs> on Beyonce at a concert. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the wind machine was about to turn on. Like heaven couldn't wait. For, you know what I'm saying? And like the wind was about. It's like so pretty. But you don't do. You should just just leave the grays because I was getting I'm my obsessed. haircut and the guy that cuts my hair was like hey man just want to let you know like all of a sudden you have a shitload of yeah that's okay I feel like it's the thing is I think it's I'm gonna embrace it I'm not gonna cover mine I feel like it's just like maintenance that I don't have time for and I also feel like especially for people who have like brown hair because like what makes up brown hair and the color wheel is red right so when you like try to like cover it I just feel like it always goes a little bit red or it goes like a little like car salesman like inky jet black and it's and so it's, I would just so much rather some or or it needs to be like a semi permanent color that's more just like blending so you can still see the gray. But then it's like that's what you have anyway because you have two. So just rock what you have. Yeah, I got but then too. him it's and him like and it. my best friend who has a huge head of hair too. He told me that they don't want the kind of gray. Don't put your hat back on. Yeah, I know. In don't. fact, yeah, you know don't. what you should fucking do as long as we're at it. <laughs> Shake it. Put some of this air dry cream in it. Okay, I'll you put will the air love dry this cream. air dry cream. It's gonna be so put nice it in on your hair. hair. Okay, put like a put like a grape amount in there. Like what a, is this gonna do for me? It's just a gorgeous air dry cream. There's chia seed and linseed extract in there, so that's gonna increase your hold. It's gonna like it's gonna accentuate your natural texture. Like this so, much? Yep. So you could even do a little more, but we can layer it because it's buildable. So rub it up now. Okay. Start in the back. Start, start in the back. back. Yeah. Now work your way forward. Yes. 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 <laughs> Look at the shine. Look at the direction. It's gorgeous. Now put in a little bit more. Okay. Now in the front. In the front, in the front. Yeah. Start. Okay. You could do like the sides and the back and the front. You know like what? I was I like to go in the front last, but that's I like how you did it first. That's really cute. <laughs> well, that's why I, I just only do my hair like but that. You, but you have such thick hair that if you don't get like underneath it and behind it, like Under? it won't. It's just you got to get it everywhere because your head's like three D. You know do what you want to pull your dick out right now? This is like you're this getting now. So... Toss it to the side. I know. Toss it to the, the side. side. It's like two. Yeah, there you go. Thank okay. you. There. Oh my god. No, it's you. Stop helmeting it. Like, okay. I, toss it to the side. Yeah, there you go. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Good job. That's really, <laughs> really good. Like, oh, good. Yes, perfect. Yeah, that was really good. That's good. Uh, okay. I want to get your hair down, but you said that it wasn't washed for two weeks. So if it was a little, like, less, like, we should. But I really want to do your hair someday because your hair, I because you would have had such a hair reveal. That hair is everything and I can see. I have gray in my hair right now. It's gorgeous. Need, no, I need to dye it. No, 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 no We no, dye no. Easter eggs. We color our hair. Okay, we color our hair. But yes. like, this is what it should look like right now. Like, this Don't is... should yourself. Do you know that when you say should, it's a form of shaming? Okay, I'm shaming Don't myself. Don't shame. You're though. literally That's like so stunned. the blonde that it should be. My God, so That's pretty. before pregnancy. Your brow game is like just always here to say I am the best. Double brow- tint. Double tint. Oh, you have you do it? to double tint. You should make a double tint for brows. That's your next product. It's framing your face so well. It's so pretty. I love how you just zoomed in on my Instagram. That like on your brows. Yeah, I just had to let you. Your brows are just so like mm, chef's kiss. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll take my brows with your hair, Michael. Th- there's a lot. Of oh guys. my god! I hope that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it might. I bet it might. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. That baby's gonna have such good fucking hair and brows. I know the heartburn. I feel it every single day. <sighs> okay, ah. I want to tell the audience your whole story. Okay, you have a them. very interesting story. I read your book. I mean, which one? Both. The last one. Over the top or love that story? The last one. Love that story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, the autobiography. 
Well, they're both like a little bit memoirish, but the one like, that one's a collection of essays, and the other one is Over the Top, which was my first book, and that's my memoir. Over the Top. That's yes. the one I read. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I, I have to read the other one. Yeah, that one just came out. Love that story. It just came out. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I read the one that was out a while ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's over like the two top. Two years ago. Yeah, that's over the top. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> over the top is such it's such a fucking perfect name. Okay. So you got <laughs> you had a really interesting childhood. You've had an, an interesting life before Queer Eye. Talk to us about how you grew up, what what it was like for you. Did you have this amazing hair? Was your hair to your shoulders? Like, give us the whole thing. No, shebang. I always had short hair, hated it. Always wanted this like stunning long hair, but never could grow it out because of like the hideous beauty expectations that were thrust upon me by this gender binary and growing up in like a rural Midwestern town. So no, always short curly hair. But you felt like you couldn't grow your hair because of... It's not that a feeling, I had to. I had to get my hair cut. Like... You know, because boys go to like the mall and you get your hair cut like once a month. So like, and even when Hanson came out and all I wanted to do was like be all of their like baby boyfriend. I was just like, oh my God, I love Hanson so much, especially Isaac. I was one of like the rebels. I loved Isaac. He was the oldest Hanson brother. I don't know if you guys remember that. But anyway, I couldn't grow my hair long. It just like wasn't an option. Because of your parents? or Yeah, like my, but I mean, yeah, I was like mom, dad. Yeah, couldn't grow, couldn't grow the hair long. So what is it like when you're having to edit who you are? Well, as a child, you don't realize that, like, you don't call it having to edit who you are. But I was having to edit who I was from a really early age. I mean, I talk about over the top, like, wanting to play dress up and, like, wearing those gorgeous little evening gowns with my cousins and then, like, being found out by my dad and being, like, you know, ripped out of the evening gowns. Like, no evening gowns. No, you know, like, it was just... As I got older, I was allowed to explore it a little bit more. My mom was, like... My mom got more supportive faster than my dad did. I saw everywhere in society that like I wasn't meant to be this feminine person. I saw that from boys at school. I saw that from family members. I saw it from TV. So it was a constant reminder that like I wasn't who I I felt like I wasn't meant. I wasn't who I was meant to be. But at the same time, I was like, I'm so much fun. And I love figure skating and like geodes and like gymnastics. And, you know, I just want to learn how to make like apple muffins. So, you know, and also like I want to like be in the garden. So like I've always kind of been like this. And it was always kind of like I think what I was really naturally blessed with and also had a mom who for whatever her shortcomings were, like also really did instill this like sense of like confidence and like fun. And so even if she kind of as I got older, was like, I'm not sure about this. And in fact, I think I tell the story over the top of like the interpretive dance that I did in my sixth grade talent show. My mom's like, are you sure you want to do this? Because like, if you do this, like you're always going to be known as like the boy who did the interpretive dance at the talent show. Like, are you sure you want to do it? And I was like, not only am I ready, honey, I'm like going to crush one of these little girls' dreams, honey, because I'm going to take <laughs> that spot. What was the interpretive dance? To this stunning uh, song by Jewel from we the Hands album. Together. If you actually look at this interview that I did with Kimmel, someone, he like found the tape. And then I was like, my first interview with like Jimmy Kimmel solo, like without the boys from Queer Eye, they like, he was like, so you know, how long have you been figure skating? Because I'd just gotten into figure skating and I was always posting about it. And I was like, yeah, just like a month. And he was like, no, you've been figure skating for like 20 years. And I instantly like intrinsically just like knew I was like, they got the tape. I always knew someone was going to find the tape and they got the tape. So I'm doing this like sock figure skating routine (laughs) to Jewel. And it was like on Kimmel and it was just insane. It was amazing. So when you do that dance, is your community open? At least is your school nice? 
Yeah, I mean, no one like booed. I think people were more of just like, what the fuck? I mean, I made this like t-shirt dress that had like glitter um, glue that had this like question mark on the front and this question mark on the back. It was very like, it was very heady. I think people were just like in awe. They couldn't believe. So after you do the dance, <laughs> what 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 point do you feel like, fuck what everyone else thinks, fuck what my parents think. I'm going to do exactly what I want. I did the interpretive dance. I'm going to just be me fully. Yeah, I feel like it was never an option. It was never an option like to not be me fully because like I just like look at me, you know, I just like I only know how to be this way. And then I kind of talk about and love that story, this relationship between like because there's so much internalized transphobia and homophobia in the queer community. It was like once I realized that I wanted to like get laid and that like if I kept being really femme presenting that like a lot of gay men were going to be like, uh, I don't. So then I was like, I tried to do my best of like a butch bro gay. Which what do you mean? Because if you presented that way, that at the time, at least. There's just a lot of transphobia and like, and like internalized homophobia in the gay male community. So if you are more femme presenting, it's like, it's very hideous. So the, it's called like, you know, like mask for musk, like, or a mask for mask, you know, like masculine for masculine. There's like a lot of like femme shaming in the gay community. Other men in the gay community sometimes perceive people presenting femme as not the way you're supposed to present as a gay man is that I'm, I'm gonna maybe am I saying that correctly? Yeah. And so and so when people pre- present that way, they say that you're not gaying right in a in a way. Is that correct? <laughs> is that right? It's just so funny watching like, a straight man like wrap his head around. Well, I'm just that. Trying, I'm sorry, but I'm just trying. To, to, it's like politically, just say like. No, no, but that's what I'm asking. Is like it's yeah, like they, they're passing saying like, like if you, you're wearing that, like a crop top and a heel, and you're like, yes, honey, they're like that type of gay. It's like, it, yeah, it's like it's like don't act too gay, don't act too flamboyant or femme. You know, like we like men who act like men. Like if I wanted a uh-huh, woman, okay. I would get a woman. You know that sort of like misogyny, you know, in the gay community. So that's like really prevalent. So then like I did like my college best at being like, you know, more masculine gay, which is like lol. And then it's like this battle between like, I think once I, and I talk about this and love that story a lot, but it's like once I became such a gigantic slut that like the number of people who I'd been with had like a comma in the number, I was like, fuck these guys. Like, I'm going to do me. Like, I want to, like, I'm not dressing for men anymore. I'm not acting in a way that's like acceptable to like these fucking guys. I want to be me and I want to love who I am. And so that was like a really interesting journey in um, learning to love myself. So after middle school, you go to high school mm-hmm. and are you still in, you're embracing yourself. You're not on TV yet. Like no. talk to us about the chunk before you're not on TV. Yes. Yeah, so I was like a cheerleader in high school. Love it. I like was obsessed with cheerleading. It was a really hard time. It was like a really difficult time, but I also had fun. And why was it a difficult time? Just because I was a very queer person growing up in like a, you know, a town of like 40,000 people, you know, like a rural city on like the Mississippi River and like central Illinois, like. So if do you think if you grew up in like, let's say, West Hollywood or L.A. or something and it was now, do you think it would have been a totally different experience? It would have been a totally different experience then. But what about now in 2022? Are you like happy with where we're headed? I'm not as worried about like kids in like urban spaces. It's like generally more accepting. Not that homophobia doesn't happen in schools and urban spaces because it very much does. But no, I'm not that happy with where we're headed. I think that we're taught as a queer community to like settle for the crumbs that are given to us. And no, I'm not happy. We've had like increased rates of violence against queer people like every year since 2016. There's been more anti-trans legislation passed and debated in the last like it's been raising every single year but 2021 it's like could it get worse and then 2022 we've 
they've already passed more this year in April than they did in all of last year. And last year was record breaking. So no. And I think that there's also too much of this, like, and no offense to you. And just, but I, just as someone who is a queer public figure, I get asked this question a lot of like, well, aren't you happy? It's like better. Like, it's like, it, like there's this too much of this rush of, to be like, well, look how much better it's getting when in reality, like there's really no correlation between representation and then improved quality of queer people's lives. You know, there's no correlation between like representation and legislation, like for example, because right now it's like we have, or maybe there is, maybe the correlation is that as we get increased representation, we keep pissing these people off in conservative spaces. So they're increasing legislation to like, that directly harms our community. It's almost like the louder one side gets, the louder the other side gets in response. It's like this pendulum that, like, you know, we see swinging. So, and I think also with representation, like, there is just still, a, I mean, there is an increased queer representation in Hollywood and in movies and TV, but it is still, if you look at the amount of queer people in, that make up the public and then the amount of, like, queer represent, representation that you see on TV, it still isn't, you know, where it, it, it is, like, in reality. I I don't know enough about it because like I'm obviously not in your shoes. That's why I wanted to know what what you think. Let's treat it as like a and fringe group when it's not a fringe. I group. also think that social media, while it maybe it does make some things better, it also at the same time, like you're saying, it's a pendulum. It can make it worse. Yeah, and it's just well, I think that like social media is very devoid of context. Like it's all about like you know like sound bites and like little bits and like. And I like, you know, what can you get in 15 seconds, 30 seconds or a minute? And unfortunately, a lot of these conversations, like you're not going to get the full picture of what's happening in, you know, 15, 30 seconds or 60, you know? So I think that and also like the algorithms that run social media are like it all comes down to money because it's like however much, you know, followers and however much engagement. It's like I think really learning or being like kind if that doesn't lead to engagement, it's not. So I, I just think that we're like chasing a lot of things that like don't necessarily make people like more kind or more well-rounded or more like into equity. Yeah. And it's like the death of nuance as well, right? We, we're, 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 it's like someone will take this conversation. It's gonna be a long conversation, 45 minutes, hour, maybe a little longer. They'll pull what? five, six minutes of whatever the most sensational clips are probably me stumbling around like terms and saying the wrong thing, right? They won't pull all of the other stuff. And I think that's a problem because you have a lot of very young and also old impressionable people that are getting their information now from those bites and not the full context. But yeah. it's the job of the person to go out and find the whole context. Sure, like it's, but it's not but this people. I think people need to take accountability themselves to go actually do their own research and be their own guru. And sure. But and, most people are lazy and they're not going to do that. Right. They're going to just pull the most sensational sound clips and that's going to be their, their point of view on life. When you decide to move out of Mississippi, why? As Illinois, but it was just like on the Mississippi River. But yes. Oh my yes. God. No, but I, I did. I <laughs> Geography definitely said isn't my strong suit No, so I <laughs> no, so I like ran like hell out of there as fast as I could. I was like, I graduated early from high school, went to the University of Arizona, Tucson. What? Bear down, brother. Wildcat. Yeah, I, I was too. What? Yeah. When, when were you there? Two thousand and four and five. So was I. Well, no, I was no, I was there two thousand. I got there two thousand five. Yeah, I was there like four or five. I dropped out by Christmas. Then I became. Um, it was a wild place. It was wild, honey. Uh, and over the top, you know, I got I got real wild there in Tucson. Um, <laughs> so then I went to hair school, which is like always what I really wanted to do. And I moved to Minneapolis. I go to hair school at the Uvada Institute. Then I moved back to Arizona, uh, Phoenix that time. And then I end up going to LA. I get my first job as an assistant. Work in LA for like 
three years. Is this like celebrities? Is this like, what kind of LA is this? It's like, I'm an assistant in a very prestigious salon. Lots of celebrities, lots of learning. I, because then part of why I moved to LA was because like, I just couldn't like grow as a hairstylist. Like I was like kind of teaching myself, doing a lot of classes, but it was like the era of like Kelly Clarkson, Chunky Highlight. And I really wanted to learn how to balayage. I really wanted to learn how to create looks that like, I just couldn't figure out how like it was Victoria's Secret was very like the thing at the time. And I like was looking at like Alessandra Ambrosio and I was looking at like those models. I mean, like, how do they get their color like this? Like, I can't, everything I do looks like fucking piano keys. Like I couldn't figure out how to do like blended hair color. So I moved to LA, I become an assistant. I learned so much. Then my stepdad gets diagnosed with cancer. He ends up passing away. I moved to St. Louis to be closer to them. All hell breaks loose at like 25. That's when I get diagnosed with HIV. Then I end up moving back to California. Wait, hold on. We we can't just skip over that. You're 25 years old and mm-hmm. you find out that you're diagnosed with HIV. Mm-hmm. And this, what year is this? 2012. Which is, it's we've exponentially learned more about it since then. So at 2012, were you indifferent? Were you freaking out? Were you, what was your energy? Yeah. I mean, it was like devastating. I was dealing with meth addiction and I was, you know, just lost my stepdad. And it was just a culmination of like years of like, just years of struggle and a lot of like unprocessed trauma. So yeah, I mean, it went once, but once I found out that I had it, it was like, it, it was kind of the impetus of what started me to like really focus on recovery and really like get into recovery more. I'd already like kind of started to scratch the surface, but that kind of caused me to like really focus on getting it together. When you heard that you were HIV positive, did you automatically stop doing drugs or was it slow? It was like, it was like, it was back and forth for a little bit. And I still smoke weed, but like I've very luckily and well, it's actually not luckily. It's like, well, it's a little bit luck. It's a little bit hard work. It's a little bit of everything, but I just don't do anything that makes me go up. And that's been something that's been the case for a very long time. But even before that was like the 100% case, it was just so frustrating because like I would get a really long time and then have a relapse. Like I could go like so as to say that like I and it doesn't really matter like what kind of meth addict you are like. And meth was the drug of choice. Wasn't alcohol or anything? No, I mean, alcohol, it's like it didn't help. It was meth was the one that was like, this is going to kill you. Um, It was, you know, but meth is really difficult and it's very addicting. And I would get like six months or like 10 months or like a year and then have a relapse and it would just be this like bone crushing, like devastating experience. Um, Do you remember your first experience? Was it like a catalyst that, and were you engaging in other substances before? And then just kind of, kind of just like wrong place, wrong time. Like there was just like, my stepdad was dying. I was like in a relationship that was like, just kind of doomed. It was my first love. And like, I was just like devastated. And then it was just kind of like wrong place, wrong time. I was like, I'll try it. And then it was like, If there's one thing that has resonated with this audience, it is the conversation around financial freedom, how to invest your money, how to save for the future, how to set yourself up so that your money is working for you, which is why I love our partner Wealthfront so much. If your cold hard cash is just sitting in a savings or checking account, especially with what's going on right now in the economy with inflation, it is safe to say that your money is becoming worth less and less. This is why I always tell people it's important to invest for your future, invest in the right vehicles, which is why I like Wealthfront so much. Like I said earlier, I constantly barrage our little sister Mimi to start saving and investing early. Compounding interest works for you. We've talked about it on this show. And the earlier you start, the better. One of my biggest regrets in life is that I did not start investing and saving as early as I could have. I just didn't know I wasn't educated, which is why 
I wish that I had educated myself. I wish somebody told me. I wish I read a book earlier. I just didn't. So if I can help anyone out there, I want to help them with the message of starting to invest and save for your future. So what is Wealthfront? Wealthfront is an app that helps you save and invest your money. Right now, you can earn 2% API with Wealthfront Cash Account. That's 20 times more interest than if you left your money in a savings account at an average bank. And when you open an account today, you'll get an extra $50 bonus with deposit of $500 or more. There are already nearly half a million people using Wealthfront to save more, earn more, and build long-term wealth. So why wait? Earn 2% on your cash today. Visit Wealthfront.com skinny to get started. That's Wealthfront.com slash skinny. This high interest good news has been a paid endorsement from Wealthfront. And like I said, guys, this platform has something for everyone, whether you want to invest in NFTs, whether you want to invest in indexes, it's just a really great platform to get started on saving for your future today. Well, this has become a daily staple in Lauren and I's life for literally over a year now, every single morning, yes, every single morning without fail, whether we had a rough night, whether we were really productive the day before, Athletic Greens, this stuff has been a game changer. As someone who does not, and I've talked about this before, get enough vegetables, I just don't take the time to eat enough. Having this supplement to come in and change my life has been incredible. So here's what it is. You take one scoop of Athletic Greens and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Like I said, if I could only recommend one supplement and someone was saying, hey, Michael, you've talked about a lot of different things on this show. What's the one? I would say Athletic Greens, because they have a little bit of everything for everyone. You know, we've talked about vitamins and minerals and superfoods and probiotics and adaptogens all the time on the show. And this formula packs a punch and gets it all in one place. Really simple. I wake up in the morning, get a big heaping glass of water. Sometimes I add lemon and then just one scoop of Athletic Greens. My under eye circles are gone. My skin is glowing. I'm performing in the gym. I'm feeling good. My headaches are gone. And I attribute a lot of this to this product. Not to mention it also supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Like I said, it just packs a punch. It's incredible. It's sustainable. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D in five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com skinny. Again, that is athleticgreens.com skinny to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Enjoy. What do you do when you're diagnosed with HIV? Do you have to call your old partner? Do you have like, what is for someone that has no context of, of how that feels? I can only imagine that's a, like, that's a lot for a 25 year old to handle. Yeah. It's a lot for anyone to handle. No, I mean, it, it depends on what state you're in. So like every state has its own thing. Missouri's is like particularly cruel and overwhelming. You basically like sign a piece of paper that says that like, if you ever don't disclose to anyone now knowing that you have it, like you would be considered like a bioterrorist oh, and then wow. it's a felony. And it's like, a, so they really like scare the shit out of you. But what became a bigger issue and what was more scary. And I mean, I disclosed my partners, but it's like a lot of times if you are, you know, participating in drug use and you're in that kind of culture, you're like not knowing who your partners are. You're meeting them at like, you know, crazy spaces. You're like, not knowing who the fuck these people are like. And that was certainly the case for me. But what the bigger issue was, and I write about this extensively and over the top, and then I do another essay about that and love that story about the HIV safety net, which is like, you know, once you find out you have it, like that's if you're living in poverty, it's like, how do you access your medication? If you don't have health insurance, HIV medications like 
it can be like, you know, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 a month. It's like crazy. And if you're dealing with homelessness, if you're living in poverty and it's like, and it's really frustrating because if with access to antiretroviral medication, which is like what you take as someone who's positive, once you achieve and maintain an undetectable viral load, which means that like once, like when they test you, like there's not, like there's not enough like viral load to test positive, like it's an undetectable viral load, you're not contagious trans or you're not, uh, you can't transmit the virus sexually. So it's like when you're undetectable, you're not transmittable. So, and not only that, when you achieve and maintain an undetectable viral load, you can live like life expectancy from time of diagnosis is 50 to 75 years. So you can live a full life. So even if you're born with HIV, it's like, it's, it's not even considered like, it's not considered a terminal illness. It's considered a chronic illness. And now we have like PrEP, which actually PrEP was like authorized like two months after I got HIV, which is like ugh, timing. But like PrEP is like a pill. It's like it's a birth control. You take this pill once a day and you could like have unprotected sex with like 50 million people, all of whom have HIV. And it's like it's as effective as condom. It's actually like it's like 99.9% effective. Oh, wow. So every once in a while, you'll read in the news that there's like a breakthrough case from PrEP, like where someone was adherent to their PrEP and then they still got it because there are like but I mean, like literally that happens like of all the people on prep, which is like millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people. There's like a handful of breakthrough cases a year. So it's like prep is like changed the game. Like I have this one client whose hair I did for years, who is a nurse practitioner at a clinic in West Hollywood. And before prep, they averaged 30 to 50 new HIV infections a month. After prep, wow. it was three to five. Wow. So it reduced new HIV infections by like over 90%. So PrEP was a game changer. The HIV safety net differs majorly depending on where you live. So if you're in Missouri, it's really different than if you're in California. And that's really different than if you're in Alaska. And that's really different than if you're in Florida or Texas or wherever you are. So it's like massively different systems to navigate. And all of those systems require like access to the internet, a car. Because if you're in like, if you're living in like rural Texas and your next closest place is like San Antonio or Austin, but you live like an hour away from there and you don't have a car... How are you going to the doctor? How are you getting your every three month checkup? How are you getting your pills? And then people will say, well, like, because I mean, I've talked about this very publicly and I talk about it on Instagram a lot. I talk about it a lot. And people will say like, oh, well, you know, that's not my problem. Like, I didn't go get HIV. Like, I don't people are like that is like the sort of like carelessness that we're talking about. But it's like this last year was the first year that new HIV infections were greater in heterosexual people than they were in men who have sex with men. And is, the that, is that because of drug use or is that because... People, One, it's because of PrEP, because okay, queer people are on PrEP yep. and we're getting tested. The other thing is that like more and more straight men are having open relationships. They're having sex with men. It's also a little bit of drug use. But really, it's that like straight people aren't as straight as, you know, they want to say that they are. And they're not on PrEP, and they so they don't know. Right. And it's a combination of things. There's no like one thing. But the point is, is that like HIV affects everyone. And it doesn't know if it's going into gay people or straight people. You know, it's like it's a virus. I also think in the gay community, it seems like there's a lot of education around it. Whereas the straight community, they kind of like they almost put their nose up to it. Like, oh, we don't need to be educated. But you do need to be educated. Absolutely. And it's also like, what if it's like your kid or your family member that's like coming into contact? And it's like it's really the people who don't know they have HIV that are like those are the people that like aren't on medication. They have really high viral loads. And like are out there having sexual partners and like that's how you get it. Well, I imagine a lot of 
people that are straight and don't use drugs think that they can never catch it, right? They, they think they're immune. But it's like, like one point, person, but it's like takes one person to like, you know, one night at the bar and you go home with one person who you don't know. It's like, it takes one time. I have one friend who got HIV from the very first person he ever had sex with when he was 17 years old. So it's, it doesn't That's what I'm ma- saying. It takes like, one time. It takes it. one exposure. You got go it. home and, and the amount of women who get HIV from their partner is staggering. So the partner's cheating on like the wife. Yeah. yeah. And comes back home uh-huh. and has sex. Yes. And then it's it's a husband and wife. Yes. Huh. I think what we say about drugs is I, I get what you're saying and there's sensitivity around, but I think what we're saying is people that are, especially if you're there's using drugs. There's not sensitivity around it. I'm just saying that like people too often associate HIV with drug use and that is just not the case. Sure, like, but, but and also a, it's regular sex too. It's not. I think a lot of people too associate it just with anal, and it's not just anal. It's, yeah, it's also like, regular sex. It's really that's more about like yeah, it's like it's just like receiving. It's like your mucosal membrane. Like if you get a whole bunch of cum all up in your vagina or your butthole with all that like mucosal membrane, like it's not great. I think the reason people say it though is like, um, but intravenous drug use is a thing. So yeah, yes, it's, of it course, ups your chances, right? But I also just think that it's like, but it's, but that's the thing. It's like you might not be a drug user and you might think that that guy's real cute or that lady's real cute and then you go home with them and then you fuck and then you might get exposed to HIV and then you have HIV. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like drug use does increase a person's chances, but that doesn't make people who don't use drugs any any less of a risk. I actually think this conversation that we're having with my husband and I on air is really important because it shows that there is ignorance in the straight community. And like it for me, it's also do not feel bad. It's in the gay community too. Okay. There's so much ignorance and stigma in the gay community too. It's like everywhere. There's just like stigma everywhere. Well, listen, I, we've I, done 500 or so of these and this is the first time we've talked about this subject. Yeah, and definitely we are both ignorant to the subject, but I think many of our listeners are probably also ignorant to it, yeah. which yeah. is why I like this medium because you, this, this is the point about nuance. Like, a lot of these conversations and information is not readily available in mainstream outlets, right? The only way pe- a lot of people start figuring this stuff out is by having a conversation is, with someone cool like yourself. It's cool that you're opening up and talking about yeah. this. Yeah. Well, important. I love it. And love that story I say, um, and this is like so true. It's like, if I didn't know I had HIV, I like wouldn't know I have it. As to say, like, I've only gotten cuter. I've only gotten better at gymnastics. I have like more energy <laughs> than ever. Like, I look amazing. Like, and for the How's amount of. How's your interpretive dance? <laughs> it's never better. Um, but like, I mean, I'm a stand up comedian and I like, it occurred to me like halfway through my first tour, I was like, because like as a former cheerleader, we do this thing where like once a year after your cheer career, it's usually a like a drunk bar trick. You're like, oh my God, I want to see you do a backflip. And it's usually like on concrete or like in an unsafe place. So it's like a once a year thing. I just so happened for my 2018 check-in, did it on stage in Portland, Oregon in front of a crowd of like 3,000 people. And I was like, oh my God, you guys want to see me do a backflip? And they were like, no, no, we don't want you to hurt yourself. And I was like, no, 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 I'm a former cheerleader. I got this. So I do my standing back handspring and then it occurs to me. I was like, bitch, you have like a captive audience in your shows. Like, why don't you do like a full on gymnastics routine? So then I started taking with me on tour this like 30 foot long by nine foot wide, like bouncy track full leotards. It didn't used to be a leotard. It's, it's evolved. It used to be like turtlenecks with tights. <laughs> then I was like, no, bitch, you are Allie Raisman, non-binary incarnate. Okay. You're doing leotards. So then it switched to leotards. And now I open my my comedy, like my stand-up comedy show with me and a full leotard. I do this full gymnastics routine. Then I do like 10 minutes in my leotard afterwards. My current set is about me 
turning into like a non I have this intrusive daydream where I turn into a non-binary slut spy and I suffocate Vladimir Putin in my fupa. And then right <laughs> when the Kremlin is a, like when the Kremlin agents are about to like come get me for like suffocating Vladimir Putin, Lara Croft played by Angelina Jolie, OG, busts in the window. She gets one of those like cute like arrow things, shoots out the window. It's like boom, into the building across the way. She picks me up like a baby. She whisks me to safety. There's a helicopter right there and we're out and I'm safe. Hold on. So it's hold like, on. If I don't how do you get an invite to this show, I'm going to be really offended. This is... Like, it's really, it's a good show. I got to say, my, it's, it's a That good. was one of the most creative, in-depth, detailed yeah. situations I've ever And heard. that's not even the whole joke. Because also, within that joke, the way I seduce Vladimir is in manner <laughs> of Jamie Lee Curtis to Arnold Schwarzenegger in True Lies. When she does like that sexy black, little black Love dress, it. you know, with the bedpost. That's what I do right before I suffocate him in my fupa. So it's like all about references. You know what I'm saying? All about references. I love it. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, I <laughs> love, you know, wow. But, you know, we just love gymnastics. We're all about like HIV advocacy. It's, you know, I'm a, I'm a multifaceted human. If you could have two minutes or three minutes on the mic to just tell everyone, clear up any misconceptions about HIV, what would you say? Hmm. Well, call call us out. Call Michael. Like, be like, this is. I feel like I already did. No, no, no. But like, tell us like what I want to know. Like, call out the misconceptions that you see every day. That I think it's important that it's a problem of the past. It's still very much like an issue of now because it's really a matter of like resources. I'm able to like see my doctor every three months, and I'm able to take my pill every day. So it's like. I'm I'm good. Like I'm not and and not that people who are living with HIV are a threat, but it's like I don't want anyone else to have to go through what I went through. So it's like if you have HIV, it's really no biggie. You just got to go get your test and then you get your doctor and you get your pill once a day. And that's it. Like you you get your blood levels done. It's no big like you're I think there's so much fear around it to your point. Yeah, like I like I say, if I didn't know I had it, I wouldn't know I had it. I feel great. I look great. I have no side effects from my medication like So how do people know they have it? You got to get tested. So so it's not like you have all these symptoms and you're like, oh, I need to get tested. It's like you got to get tested and then they tell you so this is what like, I don't get. So there's like there's like 20. I think there's like a quarter of people who get HIV will experience symptoms. And I was one of them. It's called like acute something something. And so like I had fever. I had like flu like symptoms. I actually like passed out doing one of my clients like hair because I like really wasn't feeling good. And I just got like lightheaded. I um, mean, when that happened, I was like, this can't be good because I've been being like a big old slut. And I was like, you know, no, no offense, because like I'm obsessed with sluts. I'm like very sex positive. But I just was like, I could be in a little trubs just based off of what I've the activities that I've been up to. But I was like, hopefully not. You know, I thought I could be in trouble before. And then I was like, OK, it's like maybe I'll be fine. But then I went to Planned Parenthood and the test was positive and it was like, fuck, you know, so then, you know, you got to get your doctor, you got to go get like further testing, blah, blah, blah. But that's other thing I would say that like, that's why it's so important to support Planned Parenthood, because for people who don't have access to healthcare, if they don't have insurance, like Planned Parenthood and especially like the Trump administration really wreaked havoc on it was called I think it was called Title 10, but it was this grant that like provided like millions and millions and millions of STI tests to like people living in poverty that like, because if you don't know that you have HIV and if like you can't get a doctor, it's like you're just out here like spreading it. And really what we want is for people who have HIV to like get a doctor, get their medication so that A, they can live a long, healthy life and B, they aren't contagious to their sexual partners. Like that's, that's, we know what we're going for. Here's the other thing. Before I had money, right? Like before Queer Eye, it was really stressful because you have to like, 
your taxes have to be done on time every year. You like have to turn it in, you know, like every HIV safety net is different. So California's was like, you have to have your taxes. You in order to qualify for. Yes. Okay. And like in it, like California, it's like based off of your birthday. So it's like every year, like by my birthday, I had to make sure that like my money was right. And that like, you know, I had like your caseworker was like all together and that like your forms are signed, sealed and delivered because like you don't want to lose access to that med. And for me, I was really lucky because I never like got so deep in my addiction that like I was like, fuck it. Like I because I was like having like a relapse now and then, but I wasn't like a daily user. If someone's like really in the throes of addiction, whether it's meth, heroin, alcoholism, or even if they're just like if they're dealing experiencing homelessness and they like can't get access to internet or car or whatever, like that's how it gets fucked up. Cause like I had to jump through a lot of hoops to get my medication and to get access to that care, which required me to have like internet and a car and like the wherewithal to like navigate those systems, which like can be confusing. There's like a lot of stuff to click. And you like, if you have like literacy issues or if you have like, it's just a lot of stuff to figure out. There's a lot of hoops. It sounds like. Yeah. It's like not like easy and it should be like much easier, especially because it's a fucking nightmare. Like if you get it. So it's like, we should just be making it easier so that like people can have their doctor and have their medication. It just shouldn't be. It's such an example of like why we really need Medicare for all, because the closest analogy I can think of, and this is not a good analogy, but I feel like it makes sense to people. It's like if you'd and, and with Medicare for all, it's like people are like, well, I don't want to spend all that money. Like I like my private thing and it's like, whatever. Trying to save money on that is like try, saying like, I want to go to the bar and I want to drink and I don't want to pay for a cab. Like, I don't want to like, I'm just, I'm just going to drive. I'm just going to drive drunk. It's probably going to be okay. And then you get a DUI if you don't kill someone, but let's just say you get a DUI and it ends up, that was like a $20,000 ride versus if you would have just gotten a cab. You know what I'm saying? By the time you pay those like lawyer fees and the court fees and you serve your time, that was like a 10,000. It's like, you should have just taken that $20 cab. So it's like the price that we pay for everyone not having healthcare. That's why when you go to have a baby, it's $20,000 on the bill if you don't have insurance. So like, what do people do that don't have insurance? They just don't pay. And then the people who do, that's like, that's why these bills and these costs are so fucked up. So it's like, it's a huge issue. It's like one that I don't really like totally understand like how to wrap my head around. But it's like once you've experienced living with HIV and you've had to operate these systems, it's like, wow. Because it's also not even HIV. It's like gonorrhea. It's syphilis. It's every All sorts STI. Of things. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's I, like you should I, be able to go to the doctor and get pills to like treat yourself. I think everybody, I mean, like I think everybody probably ag- agrees having medical care for everybody is a smart thing. But I think the where people get so frustrated is there's trillions and trillions of dollars spent by our government every year. And it's like, you look at those dollars and you're like, how can you not solve this part of it? This is clearly important, right? People's health. I think like if you got everybody together, rational minds, like, yeah, we all want medical care, but we want responsible people to actually figure this out and spend it right instead of wasting all the money so that, you know, because every year goes by, the debt goes up and like, where the fuck are you guys spending all this money? How do we not have this solved as an evolved country, right? Yeah. It's it's very strange, right? Yeah. Like people, I see right now people getting mad at Elon. They're like, uh, we spent $44 billion on Twitter. I, I don't care about that. But they're, they're like, look what you could have done with the $44 billion. And there's other people who are like, our government spends a couple trillion a year and they can't figure it out. What makes you think one guy is going to figure it out, right? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. There. There's a ton to, <laughs> no, but that, there's a ton to <laughs> yeah. unpack. Yeah. But I think that's the frustration in this country is like, we can all sit here and be like, yeah, we all want medical care. Like that makes a ton of sense. We should all have it. Like everybody should have access. Medi- especially medicine for people that are struggling. Should, it should be much more accessible and much easier. Why can't we figure that out? It seems very strange that we can't figure that out as a country. It's because people don't want to pay. They, I think they, it's not that they don't want to pay. They don't want to give it to people that are going to waste the money. No, literally, not- 
they don't want to pay. Sure, but if if you, I think if people knew that if they paid, that the money was going to be spent responsibly, they'd be okay with that. The problem is we keep going into the cycle where we pay a lot. Debt keeps going up and up. No, 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 no. You're not hearing me. In like Wyoming and Tennessee and like Arkansas and even in many pockets of urban spaces, people do not want to pay for people living with HIV. They don't want to pay. Sure, for they HIV don't want to, specifically. They don't want to, but they also don't want to pay for like drug stuff because they're like, that's your problem. You're the one addicted to drugs, not me. That doesn't affect me. It's like this yeah, way that of, they don't probably want to pay for someone's gonorrhea. And also because they consider that wasteful. Like for too many people, they are like, I want healthcare for everyone. But if it's for the trans people and for the queer people and for the gonorrhea, they want to handpick. That's a question of morality, honey. Sure. That's a waste to me. I don't, so what's the answer? Think I, I think don't know. I fully agree that there's a segment of people like that that don't want to. But don't you agree that probably the majority of rational people, gay, straight, trans, queer, whatever, think that most people should have access to healthcare and that, the, that our government should be able to figure that out? I think there's fringe groups, of course, on extremes that, you know, let's call these people racist, prejudiced people, right? But most people would agree that this country would be in a better state if everybody had access to healthcare. Yeah. It's just we have a bunch of wackos that can't figure out how to get it done. I don't think, I think that's where you lose me. Because I feel like we do have people who can get it done, but there's also been people who are like systemically blocking those things from getting done, that which is a vol- which is like a very like multi-layered intersectional issue. Because it's like, there's corporations that are standing in the way of that reform. There's also politicians that are standing in the way of that reform. I think we're saying the same thing. I think that's the frustration is that the majority of rational people in this country want it done, but our people that are in positions of power to get it done are blocking and not getting it done. I also think too, like there's a lot of people that there's more people than you think who are racist and homophobic. And that's an issue too, which is horrible. That's like the starting issue is that there's people in the, in these places that you're saying everywhere that need to get rid of. Uh, but it's uh, also too, it's like even like what is considered healthcare, you know, like abortion is healthcare. But for so many politicians that are like really right wing, it's like, no, you know, my faith tells me that abortion is murder. And like, so that's not healthcare. And my faith also tells me that trans being trans is a sin and being gay is a sin. So that's not healthcare. Like, I don't want to. So it really like because everything is like a lot of well, not everything, but a lot of conversations here start with like morality and like faith and religion. And that's what, you know, this country is like founded by Puritans who like wanted to like really just fucking jerk off for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that's at the root of like so much of our stuff is that like people aren't because like so healthcare is like just kind of like science too, right? It's like if people are out here getting exposed to like all these different things and they don't have a place and we've just lived through Pande- like a respiratory pandemic and people are still doubling down on like personal freedom. Like, I don't want to like, ha- I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want like vaccines. I don't want like people to like still like, and so that's where I'm like, I don't even know what the answer is. Cause like we just went through a fucking like respiratory pandemic that like affected everyone and they still were like, get fucked. You know, well, I don't it's know. nuanced because I think people just don't want to be told what to do. Right. And that's the thing It's like, if, it, if, and, and I think this is where you get in trouble is like you you have, I think the majority of people are rational, like-minded people and you have these extreme sides that are the loudest. And to your point earlier, social makes those voices even louder. So you think that that's the majority of the world when probably a lot of us are sitting in the middle like, hey, what the fuck? Like we just, mm. want, this, we just want this solved. You got these wackos on and the side. And because sides. clicks go to the most extreme and like the moderate ones don't get the clicks, it's like you just don't see all those like moderate ones, which is 
Yeah. That, no, in conversations thing. like this also don't get seen, right? They're like, no, we want to see two people going at it, yelling, arguing. We don't want to see two people actually agree. Rip like, your yeah. pants off and show us your pubes. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's, oh. my, that's my point. I it's thought like, that would get it spicier. You, you see, like- <laughs> I actually do have a spicy question. Give it to us. I What I like about this podcast is we can go from talking about politics to pubes to how to give a blowjob. <laughs> yeah. What, what oh. You said earlier that you were a slut. Yeah. I bet you have some tips. On how to give a good blowjob? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, That's, I'm going to transition this daily, to that. Uh, um, okay, well, okay, here's my... Well, okay, Get I, very detailed. Okay, well, it. I feel like it's... <laughs> close close no, this eyes. Is a, you know what it is? Do you want to show us? No. Michael, pull it out. <laughs> it's about being like, it's about being like responsive to what your partner is responding to. So I don't think there's like a one size fits all for blowjobs. Like some people love it when you like spit all over that thing and get it like super spitty and like smack yourself in the face with it. You know, (laughs) other people like it like not so messy. You know, they want it a little bit like they don't really like all that extra. You know, they want that all that performance, you know, so it's it's like ice cream. Yeah, it's like you got to like figure out like what there was. So I like to kind of like do a smorgasbord, like try all of it. You know, I'm like, are you into like the base? Are you into the head? Are you into like the eye contact? Are you into the like? And now, and here's the sidebar. If they're not into the eye contact and like those eyes are closed, it always sends up a red flag for me. What? Wait, wait, wait. If I don't like the guys. This, eyes, eyes are, are closed, closed. Why are you not looking at me down here being like a slut for you? Because they're imagining someone else. But it, I, I don't mean, trust it. I don't trust it. You think it's cheaty vibes? I just it, no. I don't think it's cheaty. I think no it's connection. Like, and, yes. Huh? It's like it's like signs of a wider issue, honey. Okay. Yes. I agree with that. So, so it's it, like if my man's eyes are closed, I'll like squeeze his balls and I'm like, I'm down here. Oh, okay. Shit. Working for you. So here's a question. Yeah. Start out soft and go hard or just start out hard? Or does it I depend? always start off with, oh, and see, this is where I feel bad for women because like I always start with what I like. Okay. And then if they don't like that. What do you like? I kind of, I'm like, Bailey, my assistant's like literally in the room and I feel like she's going to, I can't. Okay. It's like HR. Someone's going to call HR. She's this literally pink. I've never, seen her, tr- I've never seen her turn that color. This whole podcast. No, talking about HIV and stuff is fine. Like she's heard that before. It's just like not my personal sexual preferences. Oh, we don't have to talk about blood. So I guess I would just say, this is how I can you say we're not crazy. That you said that you, you said know, that you're a slut over. and I want to know yeah, all yeah, the yeah. tips. Yeah, yeah, so Give me I, the slutty tips. Okay, so okay, so what I would say is, is like for like, if you're, okay, because like that's not your first like long-term serious partner, right? No. So the most experience that you've had with a dick, like with like your first dick, okay. that wasn't, you know, obviously because you guys don't okay. have one. He was my first that, dick. I was the first, oh, no. but then there was a no, long, no, 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 no. but there was a. He was oh, my no. first dick and then we like broke no, up and went. Big, big gap between big them. Big gap. 12 so years I guess old. the point there that I was trying to say was, is that like whatever your most intimate knowledge is of like what one person's likes are, you know, you could start with that with your like you know future partners you know because like use that other dick as a reference since you know on account of you don't have one okay you know so it's like if the first guy liked it more like medium pressure and like you know pretty sloppy do that with the next one but if they don't respond to it then you're like oh and also ask questions i think it's good to ask questions how do i ask questions with the dick in do my you mouth? like that or it's like oh, you like that you know <laughs> you know it's like you, you know you just gotta ask. You gotta ask. You know what I'm saying? You Are you getting a hard on right now? No, but I think it? there's a sound advice, Lauren. There's a sound uh, advice. I feel like uh, she's me. literally pregnant with your child. No, excuse yeah. me. Well, excuse this me. is because she figured the, that first part Hold out. On. Right? I feel like I give a great no, blowjob. Listen, 
got a there's no a, complaint. There's, there's no complaints in this yeah. in this department. Yeah, I feel like that is one thing that I can give myself a ten out of ten. I but always I, am open to tips. I'm never going to be closed off. I will say from past experiences, and I got to be delicate about this. Don't oh include me in these past experiences. There is maybe nothing worse than a bad one. Mm. Meaning like it's like don't, a toothy, like, toothy, oh, to, toothy, toothy, not good. Yeah. Also, when Sometimes there's no, I wish I had a dick. If somebody feels like they don't want to be doing it, and you just like no, and it's like it's a, they don't like it at I all. I will like, say a lot of people don't like to do it. You have I, this is a tip that I have. But, I you know like I, I like like to do it. I am yeah. I feel like most most gays are like really like and are like really like are like just really like are into it. Okay, but, but, I'm listen, into it too, and I think that I if think you're not blanket- into it, the guy no, can feel that on. energy. I can blanketly say this. I think as a man that I have yet to m- meet a man that does not enjoy it. If it's done right, I, I, I like, and th- I think like I hear sometimes. I thought like, you know, it's, I'm so used to talking to gay people that I thought you were gonna say like I've yet to meet a man who doesn't love to suck dick. That's like <laughs> what I thought, but it's like you didn't say that. It's, like so, I just like so not used to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not used to it. But I think it's imp- it's an important. thing. Okay, but wait, not to like change the subject so like hardcore again. But can we talk about how good the air dry cream looks in your hair now that it's been like <laughs> a little bit? No, look at like the texture. Can you tell me what it did for me? Like I, it feels yeah, good. Yeah. So okay, well. Yes. So, but really the thing about our line that is really super cool, like literally it's called Hemi Squalene. And it's so, cause like our bodies have squalene, right? But then as we get older, it dissipates like its production. So then there's squalene, which is like basically a molecular like copy of squalene. So we love products that have squalene in it. Cause like your body readily absorbs it. So that's fierce. Then Hemi means half. So really Hemi Squalene is just like a half size molecule of squalene. Get it? So hemisqualane, half-size molecule of squalane. Get it? Got it. Yeah. So, but historically, squalane was harvested from shark liver, not fierce. So our parent Ooh. company figured out this way to take sugar cane and ferment sugar cane. And they made a molecular copy of squalane, but it's from sugar cane. Honey. So our hemisqualane is made in the same way. So it's sugarcane derived. And you don't have to fuck with the sharks. Don't have to fuck with the sharks. Plus all of the things that we make have the hemisqualane and they're silicone free. So silicones like really plasticate and like live on the outside of your hair. And it prevents the other ingredients that are coupled with it from penetrating that barrier. So silicones aren't great. Sulfates, we don't love. So everything that we make is silicone free. I was going to ask free. you that. Yeah, silicone free, sulfate free. But hemisqualane, it instantly, it like it nourishes your hair. It gives it instant moisture. It makes it instantly stronger. It's just like a really powerhouse ingredient. So that was a long explanation is to say, what is air dried cream doing for you? First, that hemisqualane, it's giving you so much shine and it's going to improve the integrity of your hair. Then it has chia seed and linseed in it. Those are the natural texture enhancers. So that's going to give you hold. So it's going to give you like buildable hold. So if you like put a little bit on, it's like light hold. You put in a little bit more, it's going to get more medium hold. So if I normally slick my hair back. Do like a layer when it's wet, let it like when it's halfway dry, do another little bit. Yes. Okay. Do like another little like bit. And then when it's all the way dry, do another little bit. So the more you use them. And actually, if you don't have time for all that, I just need to do it wet and then it's done. Just use more. So it's oh, like, I'll spend the time because it's buildable. You know what I'm saying, though. So it's like a little, it's like a little bit of hold, medium amount, more. You're most. not going to be happy with what uh-huh. I've been using normally. So, but that's oh, and then there's also moringa seed oil in that, and that's super shiny. So it's giving it you does shine. Look good in your hair. It's giving you hold. No, I um, need some. I, I, you're not. I, like I said, you're not going to be happy with what I normally. So that's use. the air dry cream, and I love that. Now, do you? I feel like in that one picture you showed me of you with your gorgeous hair down and blow dried. Do you? Do you blow out your hair? Is that what happens? I don't blow out my hair because I. Well, I do blow do you, out my hair. Someone, uh, someone helps me because okay. I like to save. Will my they come time. to your house and yeah. do it? Okay, so just have them. The next time your person comes, have them try out the instant 
recovery serum. Okay. It's my favorite heat protectant of all I love fucking heat protectant. time. It's so heat lightweight. Heat protectant is it's so, so important. lightweight. It's so lightweight. It really just, you, will you smell it? It smells so good. It's so lightweight. Ooh, it smells delicious. And even if you don't heat style your hair, this is great for a first layer because it will balance your porosity. So it will balance because you know, like our mid lakes and ends are drier and like more catchy and they're more prone to breakage because they're like on the ends of your hair. You know, like your mid lakes and ends are more prone to breakage. I have you know a lot of breakage right now. So, this so even if you don't, the ends. so even if you don't blow dry, if you're just going to air dry, Put instant recovery serum on your hair because it's going to protect and strengthen your ends. But then it really protects it if you heat style it. From blowjobs to blow dries. Yes, it's what we're doing over here. But this stuff is so fucking good. It also has the hemisqualane in there. But then it also has charged lemon protein and niacinamide, which are really, really, really powerful skincare ingredients, which protect from so much heat and so much antioxidant. It's so good. Wait, how are you not on QVC? Well, I have my own hair care line and we don't really... QVC. You would be well if you need like no some kind of QVC. Amazon Live. We're on JVNHair.com. <laughs> and we're <laughs> no, also no. in Sephora. I'm saying, how are you not? Well, I go like, on my Instagram all the time and talk about it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I and I love. I mean, I'm so proud of it. I, I, the audience. This is like the culmination of my whole like career. I mean, I, my first love was hair. I like loved doing hair since I was a little you can baby. Tell you're extremely passionate. Like, I love it so much, and it really was like it's what made me realize I was an artist. It's like really, it's like really what kind of delivered me from like addiction and like it was hairdressing. Like I always had hairdressing and my clients and like that community to come back to. It really did change my life. It's been like my North Star. So to get to make this line has just been like, this is like beyond my wildest dreams because I never thought I'd be in a position to like found my own hair company. I would have company. told you in sixth grade when you were doing the interpretive dance to Never would have known. I would have, I would have Never told you. Never would have known. We should have gone to school together. Never I would have told you. I wish you would. I wish I would have I known. Been but like, please have your hair person use this so it's wet okay, hair, then blow it out, and I think you'll love it so much. Okay. And I also really want you to pre-wash scalp oil because I think you'll love it so much. Okay. Okay. That two products. I'm and then also after you have the baby, and body shampoo and conditioner because your hair is going to shed a little bit more than you're used to and everything's going to be fine. But you should especially <laughs> use instant recovery serum and embody shampoo and conditioner because it's just going to like get you through your life and it's going to be great. Can you guys message me exactly what to do? Well, I brought you the entire line. Okay. You get to go home with the entire line. I love it. I'm going to introduce you to a tip that has streamlined my life, increased my productivity, but most importantly, increased the efficiency of the Skinny Confidential team. Okay, so I was introduced to this thing called ClickUp, and I cannot even tell you how much it has helped me with my team. My team is growing. We're like a team of 20 now. So we have tasks, projects, documents, goals, spreadsheets, to-do lists. You get it. And ClickUp basically streamlines this. So it began with the premise that productivity was broken. There's too many tools. And I feel like everyone feels like that. There's too many tools to keep track of. There's too many things in separate ecosystems. We got all these apps. It was too much. So ClickUp's the one tool to house all your stuff, your tasks, your projects, your docs, your goals, your spreadsheets, your to-do list. And it's built for teams from one. So if you're working with one person or it's built to handle teams of a thousand. So it's sort of everything if you're running a business. I cannot tell you how much this will help you with project managing, engineering, sales, marketing, HR, all the things. ClickUp's an easy solution to create the most efficient work environment. You're going to join more than 800,000 highly productive teams today using ClickUp. And of course, we have a code. Use code SKINNY to get 15% off ClickUp's massive unlimited plan for a year, meaning you can start reclaiming your time for under $5 a month. Sign up today at ClickUp.com and use code SKINNY. 
and hurry you guys because this offer does end soon. Non-negotiable for me is I have to have my morning routine and my nighttime routine. You know this. I take it very seriously. And one of the things that has been in my nighttime routine forever, and I will do every single night forever, is a weighted blanket. I just cannot tell you. If you are having anxiety and you're winding down and you put that weighted blanket on top of you, it just stimulates the feeling of being hugged and it releases those relaxing hormones. It just helps you like chill out and recover and drift off. So here's the move. I have my red light in my room. I don't turn on any lights. I have my red light. And then I have this little machine that mimics the sun going down. And I put on 528 hertz and I get in my bed under my gravity blanket and I drift off to sleep while reading my Kindle. No phone. It is such a game changer. So if you're craving better sleep, gravity has got you covered. You should know they make the only blanket that's scientifically proven to improve sleep quality by an independent study. And it just gives you a more restful sleep, less anxious, less stressed. You just wind down into a stress-free sleep. And I need all the sleep I can get right now with a newborn. And if you run hot like I do, no worries. They have a cooling blanket and the cover is made from ultra cooling eucalyptus. So you're comfy, you're drifting off into a dream sleep. We have an exclusive deal for you. All Skinny Confidential listeners get 15% off any Gravity product. They make weighted robes, sleep masks, and a bunch of other cool stuff. I personally recommend their weighted cooling blanket. You can visit gravityblankets.com slash skinny and use code skinny and get ready for the best sleep of your life. The audience would be mad if I didn't ask you about Queer Eye. I'll ask you about it. Okay. First of all, how did you get cast? I mean, I know how you got cast, actually. How did you get approached? Well, I didn't get approached. I approached them. Oh. Like I, I-, I want to hear this because a lot of people who are listening want to hustle. And that sounds like a hustle. So how did you approach them? So I had been starring in Gay of Thrones, which was like my first like kind of break into the entertainment industry. I was recapping Game of Thrones and we were putting it on Funny or Die and it had been like nominated for an Emmy. And I was like, I had like, I was like a 30,000 follower queen on Instagram, like circa 2016. So I was like starting to like get a little bit of a foothold. Then I read online because it had leaked that they were rebooting Queer Eye. And I was like, I was born to do this. And the tagline for the reboot was turning red states pink one makeover at a time. And I was like, I'm even more meant to do this because I'm like from a cornfield and I've been dealing with like with conservatism my whole life. Like I was meant to do this. Like I can do this. So I approached them. I got an interview. I went to the interview. I looked a mess because I'd been doing hair all day long. I when I, I looked down at my shirt when I got there and I realized and I tell the story and love that story that I was like covered in hair. And so I had to like smuggle duct tape out of like the front desks like I had to be like look over there and like get this roll of duct tape and go into the bathroom so I could like get all the like people's hair off of me because I'd done like 15 heads of hair that day so they they seemed to like me and then I got to come back for this like virtual go see or like this virtual like audition and I got called back from that and then there was like a in-person chemistry audition and that took place in it was in Glendale California and like an embassy suites and it was like in one of those ballrooms. And it was like a two-day audition that like I've never had that much heartburn and I've never felt that much pressure in my life. It was so intense because I kept seeing my life flash before my eyes. And I was like, oh my God, like this could be the thing. And then I got it. But how how confident were you when you were doing it? Were you like, I'm getting this? I was or? very not confident. You were, oh. 
I was I was portraying confidence, but on the inside, I was like, thousands of people tried out for this. And then like in every round I kept getting through, I was like, I kept thinking that like, <laughs> I kept thinking, I was like, oh my God, this is why you've been so obsessed with America's Next Top Model. Like every single episode of that show has prepared you for this audition. And like, it's true. Because at first, like, because I remember they sent this email on like the eve of night one and they were like, because there was like a cocktail hour and then like two days in a row. So on the, that cocktail hour night, they were like, mix, mingle, don't be a wallflower. Like, this is our opportunity as producers to, like, see how you guys get on. So, like, mingle. So, like, really people were, like, mingling each other to death. Like, just a lot of, you know, blah. So the night one, I was, like, mingling. But then on the beginning of the, of the first full day, like, I remember we were, like, all in this, like, green room. And there was, like, 40 people. And everyone was, like, kind of separated by, like, their vertical or their, their like, specialty. And I remember thinking, like... I need to be by myself right now because like, I know I'm going to have to perform today. Like we're going to be doing like groupings and we're going to be on camera and we're going to be like, I just, and I knew that there was nobody watching. And I also, at that point, and I also knew that like, I have a tendency to come out of the gate really hard and then lose steam. And that's happened to me at like other auditions. Cause I had like, I've been auditioning for things for like years because of Game of Thrones, like looking for like, what was that next thing? And so I just felt like a lot of the no's and a lot of the rejection that I'd experienced like through Game of Thrones kind of prepared me for that and so I just was like really calm and I was like really inside myself at the beginning I just like became very aware I was like if there's someone in here from casting you need to turn on if there's not you need to rest and so Mar marathon and so yes and so I was just and I just because I was watching people just like burn themselves out just like just I could just see it and I was just and I also just kept telling myself like everything's fine I was like I just and it was it was during the Oscars and E! Entertainment like had hired me to do like a makeover for the Oscars, like on day one and or like like the next day. And I was like, you're gonna do your Oscars thing. So like even if you don't get like you're still working, like if it's not this, it'll be the other thing. I just was like calm. And then after day one, I was like, well, they flew out all these people. I think there was like 40 or 50 people. And I was like, there's no way they're gonna cut a lot of people because like they flew all these people from all over the place. So like they're probably gonna want to have like a full like time with them. And I found out at the end of the first day, they were like, well, we've cut half the people. Like, you're coming back tomorrow. So, like, then there's only 20 people for day two. And I was like, oh, my God. They cut a shitload. That's a lot. And so then, like, day two, it became, like, a lot more real. And then, like, I walked in day two and I was like, this is not America's best friend race. Like, I, because, like, then I was like, I'm not, like, talking to any of these other, like, beauty experts anymore, honey. Because then I was like, the writing's on the wall. Like, you need to make friends with the other ones. Like, make friends with the other people. So then I was like, and then Tan, honey, had this camel-colored sweater on. This, like, camel sweater. And I was like, who is that gray-haired fucking, like, fox with that, like, camel-colored turtleneck? And so then we made friends. And then I saw, like... And then it was really funny because Bobby, at the beginning of... I can't remember if it was day one or day two, but whenever it was, we had bonded because he accidentally called the creator of the show and his husband, like, the opposite names... Like, he called the creator of the show his husband's name and, like, you know, mixed up their names. And so he came over and he was like, oh, my God, I messed up their names. Oh, my God, what should I do? It's like, they're going to they are gonna hate me. I'm never going to get the job. Like, oh, my God, they're going to hate me. Like, I messed up their names. I'm like, such an idiot. Like, how could I do that? And I was like, smack, smack. <laughs> get it together, girl. I was like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, they're going to be fine. And literally, like, I looked away to, like, see who he was talking about for, like, two seconds as I was trying to calm him down. And before I could turn back to him, he already had like beelined and like left me in mid sentence to go explain to them like how sorry he was for messing up their names. And I was just like, so we already bought it because I was like, honey, he's like an anxiety, like nervous Nelly. So I loved him, loved Tan. Then I met Auntie and then like Karamo. And so we all kind of just like 
found each other and kind of made friends. Were you guys actually friends on the show or was there drama be- like like off the show that we didn't see? Well, this is like all like at the very beginning, we hadn't even filmed anything yet. I'm just still like in the audition. So like we all definitely like, I feel like we gravitated. People could see that there was synergy with this group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, there wasn't, I mean, from where I was, I know that like people have like, I've read whatever everyone else has read. No, I mean, from where I was, it was like, we were all moving to Atlanta. Like it was all of our kind of like first big project. I was like so excited to be there. And I st- we all still are so excited to be there. So it's like, I think that if like, I don't feel it's like drama per se, as much as it was like everyone learning, like what it's like to work together. And like, we're all really passionate about our jobs. So I feel like it's like, we all want to do our best. So I feel like it's just, it wasn't like drama. It's more just like passion. What What is it like though to be with a group of people where you can go out to lunch and then all of a sudden when you go out to lunch, people are coming up to you and recognizing you guys? Definitely was different. I remember when in season one and that like shot of us like running in the car and like walking across that like rainbow crosswalk. Like when we were shooting that Atlanta, people were like, get the fuck out of the way. Like, cause like no one knew who we were then. So it like, and I remember people like, what are you filming? Like, what is this? And we were like, it's a Burlington Coat Factory commercial. <laughs> like, we're just like, we're just doing coats. And like, people were like, get this fucking commercial out. Like, we're just trying to have brunch because it was like a Saturday, which is, it is funny because it's like so different. But yeah, no, it's like definitely, it was surreal. That part I never, I never like saw coming and I didn't know like how different that would be. How do you handle it now when people come up to you? It depends on like, because, you know, you're still a human and you're not a robot. So I feel like 95% of the time I'm like, I mean, actually, I think I probably always am gracious. But if I'm ever like, oh, my God, I don't want to take a picture or like if I'm just like going through something or if like, you know, because sometimes like people will come up to you if you're like fully distressed. Like I've talked about that and love that story. Like when my like I had a cat like tragically die. It was like the most traumatic thing that's like ever happened to me, like fell out of the window of my apartment building in Philadelphia. And this woman like came up to me and she was like, oh, my God, can I have a picture? And I was like, get the and like I just like ran away like Anna Ferris in Scary Movie when she like ran out of every room screaming I'm not crazy it was like that um, and then like that's when I was like and then I did that to like three more people that day and then I was like oh I'm gonna have to say something on Instagram because like I'm not gonna be normal for like weeks and I know that and I just like need people to like back the fuck off right now and so I did and yeah so it's like if you're having a hard time it's like but I feel so bad about it for like days at a time like I'll literally like this one lady like I was we because in, people are excited to see you. Yeah, but like if it's like, you know, eight in the morning, like and I'm, I actually am a morning person, but I was like, I never really drink alcohol very much anymore, but I was really hung over in England when I was there on tour the last time. And then I was like at Harrods, like early in the morning with my husband and my stylist, like trying to get something. And like, I was like on my phone looking for something. And then this lady just like stood right in front of me. Like, you know, like if you're looking down, but you can like see someone's legs and they just like stand right in front of you so that you can't like, you know. So then like I looked up and I was like, Hi. And she was like, just had like her camera already on and was just like, just bursting, just like really intense, like bursting energy and like four inches from my face. And we still were in COVID. And I was just like, let's just take the picture. And she was like, and I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that we took the picture. And then I literally like turned on my settings on Instagram so that I could accept DMs from people who like don't follow me because I turned that setting on because I had to find her to apologize because I couldn't stop thinking about her and I just instinctually knew she was going to message me so I turned it on and then like four hours later she messaged me and I had to send her a video and I was like I'm so sorry like I like I'm sorry I was just like tired I like didn't feel good I'm sorry I was being a bitch I'm like you're really sweet I'm like so now I just like I'm like I always try to be like sweet sweet Sally because I know I'm going to feel like 
shit if I'm like mean to someone. Um, and I don't want to like disappoint people from the vision, but you are still just like a person. And it's like when you have five cats and a husband and like a family and like shit gets stressful sometimes when you're like a non-binary HIV positive JLo with like a hair care company and like <laughs> books and stuff. You're like sometimes you just get stressed out, you know, and like you're just like your head's not there. But 95% of the time, that's not the space that I am in. What's your husband's energy compared to yours? Like, what's really what, what does he do? Like, calm and funny. Where'd you guys meet? We met on Instagram. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Wait, no, he slid right. into your DMs or you slid he, into his? He slid into mine. What did he say? I like your jumper. Oh. Where did you get it? And I was like, I know you're trying to beat, honey. All right. This is a question we get asked a lot at home lab tests all the time. This is in my DMs. I know Michael gets this probably even more than me and Everlywell has you covered. Basically, it's a digital healthcare designed for you and they have 30 at home lab tests. So you can choose which test you want, whatever makes sense for you. So say you're getting a rash and you want to figure out what it is. You could maybe take the food sensitivity test. I personally took the women's health test because I'm postpartum. So I wanted to just see a lay of the land. So I knew which supplements to take, which vitamins, which minerals. And it just helps you have knowledge. And knowledge is power, especially when it comes to your body. The one that I like, okay, it's called the Women's Health Test. And it measures 11 biomarkers that are known to play a role in your overall health and wellness. It checks for any abnormal levels that can be keeping you from feeling your best. The best part of this, though, is it's at home, you guys, because no one wants to go to the doctor, get their blood tested, run into someone. The whole, it's just like too much work. This is so easy. It comes straight to your door. You collect your sample and then you use this included prepaid shipping label. I mailed it back quickly. It went to a certified lab and then you get doctor reviewed results that are sent to you on your phone or device in just days. The whole process was honestly like very skinny confidential ask. It was efficient as I always say. And you can share the results with your own primary doctor if you want so they can help sort of guide you. So what I did is I sent my results to a doctor that's helping me with my supplements and minerals and everything postpartum. One million people have trusted EverlyWell to support their health and wellness goals and you should too. And for all listeners of the show, EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test. You're going to go to everlywell.com skinny. That's everlywell.com skinny you get 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash skinny. So are you guys like in love? He's the one, everything. Well, we're married. So, I, Well, well uh, no, uh, but, what do you think marriage means? I don't know. I'm just wondering. Like, I just want to. Are you? In, are you? Uh, it depends on the day. I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Oh, my God. Yeah, it depends on the day. I love this like was, radical transparency. Last, last week, he was complaining about a cold. And I'm about to burst. And so, you know, last week I kind of take it. The iconic words of my Aunt Lisa, R.I.P. I loved her so much. She used to say, Men don't suffer well. And I have to say, on the whole, it tends to like a little bit be true sometimes. Okay. So what's your husband's energy though compared to yours? Calm? He's like calm. He's very funny and he's very like he has like a lot of energy, but he's like he's really into like gardening and like sculpture and pottery and creative. art. Yeah, he's really creative. It's more of a calm energy. Yeah. But we love <laughs> I love him so much. He's so sweet. He's like a really like cute ginger. I bet you guys are fun at a dinner party. I, I think it, again, it depends on what mood I'm in. Uh, but I'm usually because you know what the thing with dinner parties is sometimes I'm just like, I need to smoke a joint and like go home. You know, it's a social anxiety. It's like, yeah, it's like so, so social what's anxiety. Your, what's your sign? 
Aries. Ah, I love Aries. Michael's an Aries. What's your, your birthday? Husband? March 28th. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Is that your birthday? Ah! Oh my God. We have the same birthday, Michael. And we have the same birthday as the Lady Gaga. We do? Yes. Who? Wow. Lady Gaga. How could you not know that? <laughs> we should have started the show that way. This is only like the third time in my life that I've had the same birthday as someone in real life. It's a good birthday. What's oh my your God. Husband's sign? Uh, He's a Virgo. Ooh, Virgo's right? Good. Right? August 23rd. Well, it's I August 23rd. But I'm always bad at other people's signs. I'm pretty sure he's Virgo. That's so cute. You guys But you know, I actually, I'm listening to you talk and we're different in a lot of ways, but I, I'm probably the same way. Like, I'm like, do we, like, I like the alone time. I, I like, need the alone I need time. The, no, well, don't you, you need to like, recharge to have a personality. What like year you? were you born? Uh, um, 87. Ah! <laughs> we're the literal same age exactly we were born on. on the same What's, day the same year that's fucking weird we just turned right? 35 that's weird and you guys went to college together went to the same college too so that's what i'm saying is because i graduated a year early and that's why you were there the year after me that's fucking and that also must be where we had the same body type hey do you know what, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? that's but hey that is weird right yeah same year the same, same day literal age the exact same age that's pretty cool I want to leave and it's it. never happened to me before that's you know cute. i'm gonna that part's, it never happened to me i'm before. gonna now do you know what i'm, I'm and sorry we also kind of look alike we but have the you, same eye color do you know do now though, honestly, my dinner same. party conversation is gonna be you know, me and Jonathan Van Ness, same day, same okay. Birthday. But wait, do you know what this means? What is do you guys mean? know if you're having a boy or a girl yet? Do you yes, know but the audience doesn't know. Oh, well, can can we just like incorporate Vanessa into their name somewhere since it's like my last name with an A on it? It's kind of pretty, and we have the same birthday. I will Could, take can they have, like, a second Give it to name? the suggestion box. Can they have, like a second hey, middle name? Listen, I'm I am a little, for a second middle name. I am a little tripped out right now. That's, it's like a second middle name. That is weird, right? A second, but you like, but but but. Uh, do you feel okay, like, I like a, okay, a beat, like a tempo? Let me ask you this. Do you feel like 20, 30% of the time... <laughs> We're so shook right now, we can't even see I that. can't believe I can't you believe guys that. have the same I birthday. have to ask him a personal I question. I almost out of my chair. Do you feel like 20, 30% of the time you can like really turn it on, but like 70% of the time you kind of just need to be yourself yeah, and recharge? You have to and like I'm the opposite of that because of my job. But you're the opposite of that because of your job. But I'm saying in your ideal world, like how, if you could go through five days... The you way seem you like you have to day. recharge to have this big of a personality. Yeah, I do. But I can't do that 70% of the time, honey. No, I'm but, like but, a career woman. I course. have to like work. Of course. But so do you Do you like your alone time? I'm obsessed with my alone okay, time. Okay, see? Okay, see? There's something I'm telling you. And now as like a married person with like four cats and a dog and like a whole company to run, it's like, I don't really get it do as you much get, as I used to. Um, You've got a lot going on. Do you get grumpy if you don't get your alone time? Yeah, that's when Vanessa comes out. See. And you guys both love blowjobs. <laughs> what, are the uh, guys, what are the chances? What are the chances? That is crazy. And you guys both have great hair. We do. We it, both love air dry cream. My great beard. Yeah, you both. <laughs> no, but that is weird. Same day, same birthday. And it's it's literally same never happened to me. We year. need to like, you know what we need to do? We need to get like a conference of everyone whose birthday hey. is March 28th and 1987. Have you done all your like, oh, uh, I have enough with like Michael. the tests, do we all the anagram, look the same? The, the anagram te- what are those tests? That are we all, all the same? Like, what if they were all just like us? Hey, can like, I tell you something, no else? Can I tell you something else really weird? Yeah. My dad's from Illinois. Oh, here we go. Here do we go. Do we have the same dad? Okay. Uh, do we have... <laughs> <laughs> do you guys... are, we, are we twins? <laughs> Could we... No, I mean, I feel so bad if we were like both had to share a womb because I feel like we're both really big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if... <gasps> he is big. What if you... Wait, and you guys are definitely having like a singular baby. What do you mean? Well, like it's not from, twins. From what we've seen. Don't even put that into the But wouldn't ether. that be cute if there's like a little teeny tiny one hiding? I'll call I mean, you. You you can take that. I don't know why I think that is so cute, but I just think there is something I've always thought this. I've always thought that there's something so cute about like 
accidental twins. You know I think that I mean it's I get there it, it's, that, it's cute, cute but it's, it's but it sounds like it sounds like a big it. challenge I don't know if we're ready well, for Well and I like as someone who's like never I'm like I'm pretty sure I'm never going to like have kids so it's like it's like all fun and games for me cuz it's like probably you I'm not going to do it. You would be a fun dad. Like I am to parenting what you guys are to HIV it's like it's never going to affect me you know like I don't have to deal with not that. Not after never this conversation you opened my eyes. And maybe now I maybe I'll be a parent so maybe now we like I, all know more about each other's world. I will say you opened my eyes and I think not only did you open my eyes and Michael's eyes, you opened the audience eyes. And I think that that's really important. And this conversation to me was like so enlightening. Can I just say something else not to keep interrupting you, but it's like an Aries thing and you get it. We know that now. Oh, trust um, me. I get it. I, I, I also get it too because I live with one. The amount of times that people say to me like, oh my God, I want to be your bestie. Like, are we besties now? And then I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like them. So you think you're the first person that ever fucking said that to me. You know what I mean? Honestly, after finding out that we are literal birthday twins, I feel like I want to be like literally I'm like I feel like I'm like the godparent of your well, child for some reason. No, I just I, I'm feeling this like are we like are we're we like connected Austin? now in some kind of weird reason? We're like it's like as I'm feeling this like as long as you don't bring the tarantula that you found in your house. No, dad, and it's at the American Museum of Natural History now anyway. Okay. It's like pinned up in there in their archives. I mean, I, I, that tarantula. You are gonna see tarantulas though, and it's in May and June, and it's a thing in Austin. Like you just you have to like prepare. That's a price that we there pay was for a saving lot of scorpions taxes. in Tucson too. Actually, there no, was oh, oh, but you what's different about those though? Those are those, dangerous. Well. Not, like, they won't kill you, but, but those they, those hurt. You gotta check your shoes when you put them on. Because those are like the, that's like actually Jessica Ware. My like the small this ones, right? just taught me about it. The small ones. The, well, those ones are like tan. The southwestern, like Arizona, New Mexico ones. Those are like tan bark scorpions, and ours are like dark brown. And ours don't sting as bad, and they don't hurt as bad, and they don't get as big. Wait, if you get stung by a scorpion in Austin, what do you do? Do you have to go to the doctor? No, it's unless you're like randomly super no, allergic no, no, to no, it. It's but not it's like that. they're not serious. Like they're really. Although you know, it's just snake season though. Is now I hate fucking snakes so much. I re- that I'll freak out for. Although I did see a rat snake in our backyard, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you got to be careful. There's actually you know some poisonous right. ones. But right you know what's even more disgusting? What? Okay, so like I said, we had chickens, right? We have yeah. chickens. Yesterday, my husband was hanging up a fly trap in the chicken coop, and he looked up, and a fucking rat had got stuck in the wire of the chicken coop, and it's top half of its body. Its teeth are like. Eh. Like it was hanging, it's like top of its Do body you know out why? the wire. It's from the water that you're feeding the chickens. So someone told me I wanted a a bird bath, like for the for the birds to like eat and and go in the bath. <laughs> but and the rats use it. The rats use it. Well, and bird baths too. Also, they have a bird bath, so we have to take that bird bath out. Yeah, the rats love it. There's the bird bath by the ch- kitchen. Uh, the chickens. It's not far. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like you, they're in eyesight of each other, but they aren't like right but next to each other. But you obviously have water. But this for rat the got fucking stuck and got like yeah, there is one in their cage. But the rat got stuck like fucking hanging halfway out of the. It was like the grossest thing you've ever seen. Well, this is one of the most eclectic conversations that we've ever had on this. <laughs> Can podcast. it go down his history is like the most eclectic of the five hundred? Yeah, it was very. And, and it has to be because it's the first time you've ever met someone that has your exact same birthday. Is in it here. the first time you've ever met somebody? We... I met other people at the oh same birthday, God. but not the same, same year. year. No, that's that's no. a different level. No, no, I've met people with the same birthday. Like yeah, that, not the same year. That's weird. You guys yeah, are. Hey, can I tell you one more weird thing yes. before we go? Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you something very strange. I have to have a nap after this. I'm like worn okay. out. <laughs> maybe you won't. Maybe you won't think it's strange, but I find it strange. My best friend, Lawrence, and Lawrence's oh best friend. Oh my god, Michael! No, this no, is family tree. No, 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 no. It's no I love it. I love okay. it. I'm interested. Just he's our best. friend. I need a nap after this sentence. He's about to okay. Say. He's our best friend. His dad's birthday is June 30th, and I've known this guy since he were 12. Lawrence, I'm so tough. His birthday since his dad's birthday is June 30th. My dad's birthday is June 30th. 
Lauren's dad's birthday is June 30th. That's fucking weird, right? Okay, you know that, is, that is pretty cool. I've had enough birthday talk but for But isn't the day. that weird? What yeah. are the chances that I marry somebody whose birthday, whose dad's birthday is the same as my dad's birthday? What are the chances that are both our best friend's dad's birthday? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I got one, I got one, I got one. Okay, I, go. Okay. But this is Stanley Trees and I need you to like pretend to be interested. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. okay, ready? Okay, go. Okay, how do I say this so that it's like- The audience is lost okay, us. So, okay, okay. Both of my grandmothers, okay. it's kind of sad, but it's interesting. Both of my grandmothers died on their youngest grandchild's birthday. So my, I'm the youngest of the grandchildren on my dad's side. She died on March, March 28th. Okay. okay. Then my mom's mom died on my younger cousin's birthday, and she's the youngest on that side. So both my grandmas died on their youngest grandchild's birthday. What are the fucking chances That's of that? very strange, but this is what I'll say. When you guys talk about birthdays, Lord, Lord, it reminds me... It, no, it reminds me of when people tell me their dreams. I'm like, uh, you know, I, always think I don't they're lying care to me. about the I always, think, I always think that they're just lying to me, but, which is what makes me mad about that. I don't need to But hear, what I just said is interesting. Uh, it's, you guys... You know what? I'm gonna, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. Because... <laughs> Sometimes, I have to go use my scalp oil. I, do you yeah. find Do you find sometimes that you have narcissistic tendencies? Because some you yeah. think that was narcissistic because no, no, I think no. that's interesting. No, I, no, no. I think I because I'm saying I will now never forget your birthday because I'll never forget Let's my birthday. Let's just tell each other about like like weird dates in our families for like three hours. It's like three hours later. Dot dot dot. My aunt was born in West Virginia. The two his aunt products that I would tell you guys to check out after he just showed me his GVN products are. Jay pronunciation jvn you got it you got it it's fine jvn yeah oh my god you got it it's fine it's pregnancy brain it's fine uh, jvn are the pre-wash scalp oil and the instant recovery serum those are the uh, two that i'm gonna try you obviously have i a- need you to try the embody shampoo and conditioner no you can't overwhelm me i get overwhelmed i need you to no give me give me two homework you're bringing assignments. a human into the world i have faith in you that you are capable okay so it's these two Okay, I'm what gonna try the shampoo. This, and these two. This is what you need. You need this okay. embody. Okay, I'm gonna try the embody. Because you I, like volume and body, don't you? Yes. Who yeah. doesn't? Yeah. This. It's like it's because most volumizing and body shampoos and conditioners dry the shit out of your hair. This has aloe leaf juice. Your hair does. Look so really it leaves good. moisture in it, but then it also makes it bigger. Okay. But it leaves it like not tangly and like nice. Like okay. it leaves it like smooth and nice but big. So the pre-wash scalp oil, the instant recovery serum. And then body shampoo and, and conditioner. Body. Can we do a giveaway for our audience? Yes. Okay. We're going to do. The whole line. The whole line and your book that yes. just came out. Can we do signed copy? Yeah. All you have to do is follow. Oh, JVN. JVN on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest post at Lauren Bostick. Where can everyone find you, your line, pimp yourself out, oh, yeah. your books? At JVN. At, yeah, you, at I'm going to just step back. You and then also, out. you can follow the hairline at jvnhair.com. Or, do, or who says that? At jvnhair on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the things. We're doing the most over there. Um, and then also, you can just go on jonathanvanessa.com slash book to get my books. All right, you guys, we are booking guests for the fall. And we would love to know who you want on the show. If you want to win some JVN products, all you have to do is go to my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick and tell me who you want on the show. I'm constantly screenshotting your comments and sending them to my team so we can book the best guests for the show. Definitely let us know and also be sure to follow me on TikTok at Lauren Bostick. On that note, we'll see you next time. <laughs>